Upon rewatch of the San Francisco 49ers win Sunday night against the Los Angeles Chargers, what did we learn about this team? Jimmy Garoppolo dealing on third downs, pressures from the 49ers defensive line, specifically the numbers that Nick Bosa and Charles Amenahu are putting up. And what about the usage of the 49ers playmakers, running backs, wide receivers in this one? And what can that look like throughout the rest of the season? All that and more coming up on today's Locked On 49ers. You are Locked On 49ers, your daily San Francisco 49ers podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to Locked On 49ers, Brian Peacock and Eric Crocker with you at BD Peacock at Eric underscore Crocker on Twitter. Hit us up for some questions later on in the week. If you're wondering what's going on with your team, you got some comments, hit up on the uh, YouTube comments as well. We might reference some of those on today's episode. Thanks for making us your first listen on the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Today's episode of Locked On 49ers is presented by Price Picks. Price Picks is daily fantasy made easy. Pick two to five players. If they score more or less than their Price Picks projection, you can win up to 10 times your money on that entry. First time users can receive a 100% instant deposit match up to $100 with promo code Locked On. That's pricepicks.com, promo code Locked On. Let's start with the offensive side of the ball, Croc. And uh, some of the numbers I've seen from the 49ers on third downs, which is so key. Remember earlier on in the season, some really bad games. They were awful on third downs. Really good games. 49ers are good on third downs. Last night, Sunday night, the 49ers were fantastic on third downs. They were over 50%, in fact, on third downs. And that was the difference, I think, in this football game was third downs for the 49ers offense versus third downs for the Los Angeles Chargers offense Niners were nine of 17 over 50 percent on third downs and one of one on fourth downs by the way and the Chargers were uh, only about uh, a little better than a third uh, on their efficiency for third downs six of 16 on third downs which is really big in a closely contested football game croc for um for drives to stay alive and the 49ers defense was just so good at getting the Chargers off the field and even the 49ers defense didn't go down and score a touchdown they were still able to get down the field kick field goals and again those two field goals that was the difference in this game yeah the third down efficiency was something we talked about early on I you know whether it was the game against the uh, Broncos I always in my head want to say Seahawks because Russell Wilson is over there but the Broncos the third down efficiency in that game terrible it was like one of 11 or something wasn't it yeah it was really bad yeah now where does this start? And I think a lot of people want to talk about Kyle Shanahan and play calling, but I, I think it starts with Jimmy Garoppolo and being effective and being efficient on third downs. There was a play where he made, we talked about that ad-lib play, extending the play, rolling out to his right, throwing the ball down the field to Ray McLeod. All right, well, that is making a play when need be. And I think we've seen more of that from Jimmy Garoppolo, the touchdown to Christian McCaffrey in the red zone uh, a week ago or so against the L.A. Rams. That was a third down play, ad-libbing, and just figuring out how to just keep the sticks moving. I think Jimmy Garoppolo, as the season has gone on, has gotten better and better at that. And it's not just the short – it's not third and ones either. We're talking about third and longs here. So uh, this from Nick Wagner, ESPN, covers the 49ers. Uh, including Sunday night, the 49ers fifth in the NFL in third down conversions at a 45.6% clips, just below 50% on third downs. Uh, And third in the NFL in third and long situations, long being seven plus yards on third down 
conversions. They're at 38.5, which is third best in the NFL. And as I mentioned, they were um, 9 of 17 overall on third down Sunday night. They were 4 of 7 on third and long. Uh, from Josh Dubow of Associated Press, more on this with Jimmy Garoppolo on third downs. Jimmy G on third and eight plus Sunday night for the 49ers was 6 of 7 for 90 yards. Four first downs and a 118.8 passer rating on those third and eights plus. So that's and that's when you're under the most pressure at quarterback, third and eight plus. The other team knows you're throwing. They can come after you and they know you have to have routes that get eight plus yards that you're trying to throw to. Uh, so pretty remarkable. So so great stuff by the 49ers and Jimmy G on third downs. Josh Dubow went on to say that uh, for the season, Jimmy G's converted on 452 of his passes on third and eight plus second best to only Patrick Mahomes. Who's at 46.9%. So there you go for Jimmy G for the Jimmy G haters out there. Jimmy's playing pretty good football right now. Well, I was going to say too, I think just really, if you think back on Jimmy Garoppolo throughout his tenure with the 49ers, that's kind of been the strength of his, even in third and long situations. We talk about wanting to stay ahead of the sticks and most teams want to, right? And what you mean by that? You don't want to get behind and have those third and long situations, but as long as Jimmy Garoppolo has been with the 49ers, even when he showed up in 2017, that was one of the things that improved drastically, right? Uh, you can go back and there was this chart that was floating around during that time where it showed all Jimmy Garoppolo's numbers. And we can just look at it, you know, from a broad view and see, oh man, he only threw six touchdowns and five interceptions in those five starts. But when you take a deeper dive into the numbers and how they contributed to wins, like yards per drive were better. Third down conversion rate was better. Um, yards per play, that was better. So, yeah, you're not getting the big explosive plays down the field, and we're still not getting that. But moving the sticks to where you're getting more points on each drive, which I believe the 49ers had like five scoring drives in that game, right? Like you're, you're moving the ball, you're getting in scoring position a lot. I think right now the next step that most people want to see is can they convert these drives these extended plays, these third down conversions into more touchdowns, more points. Yeah. So th that's even with the efficiency, the 49ers have displayed on offense. Can they be more explosive on plays and, and get some bigger plays? And, and we didn't even see that many good, big catch and run plays for the 49ers after the catch, which the 49ers should be the best in the league at with the, with the personnel they have on offense. So bigger, some more explosives on top of the efficiency plus better in the red zone. Now you're talking. Now you're talking about a team that can go out there and battle with a team and put up 35 points in a game if they have to, right? And, and that would be the ideal situation for the 49ers. But starting with this efficiency is a pretty good place to be. And, and a lot was made of, you know, 49ers are, what was the stat? 49ers, I've, I've seen it everywhere now. 49ers are 10-2 and two when Jimmy Garoppolo throws zero touchdown passes or something like that. Is that what the stat was? Well, it's like, well, look, dude, uh, yeah, uh, and – the 49ers obviously want to run the ball well um, and zero touchdowns and zero interceptions is not a bad place for Jimmy Garoppolo to be. If you are getting the ball down the field, he threw a touchdown pass that was dropped, you know, obviously. So a lot of context involved in some of these things, but um, if you are putting points on the board and you're running the ball well, and you're converting third downs and you're getting, you're giving your team a bunch of scoring opportunities, then um, that's what's th that's the important stat rather than how many touchdown passes Jimmy Garoppolo threw. Yeah, and I'd also say that what we're seeing from Jimmy Garoppolo now is good. And I think this is good enough to win. I think this is good enough to potentially win you a Super Bowl. Mm -hmm. This has not been the issue. I, I think the issue is, as it pertains to the 49ers and really what the standard is right now, what the 49ers 
are looking forward to is that postseason, right? A postseason run, trying to win the Super Bowl. That's what the standard is. That was the whole, you know, uh, discussion surrounding Jimmy Garoppolo, Trey Lance, even when Trey Lance was the quarterback. Oh, Jimmy Garoppolo, like he helps you win right now, right? But if the goal is Super Bowl, then it's not so much what Jimmy Garoppolo is doing right now or what he does in the regular season. I think that is actually solid. It's how he has played in the postseason. And the 49ers have won games, but definitely in spite of Jimmy Garoppolo being one of the worst playoff quarterbacks ever and one of the, and the worst like fourth quarter playoff quarterback ever. Uh, we talked about him and you said, you know, talked about his uh, touchdowns and how that pertains to wins and whatnot. Three out of what four of his playoff wins, I don't think he even threw a touchdown. And a lot of them, I think you could look to him as the reason why the game was maybe even closer than it potentially had to be. So it's not about uh, how he's playing right now. Like It doesn't have to be sexy or whatnot, but can you just get this play, what we saw yesterday, being efficient, throwing for, what, 250 yards on only like 19 completions. Can you get that version of Jimmy Garoppolo making the play off script where he's throwing the ball down the field? And you would have had more points where he threw a dart to Brandon Ayuk and hit him in the chest, right, um, in the end zone. Can you get that version of Jimmy Garoppolo in the postseason? And that's what we just have not seen. And it's not like it's for one game or two games. There was this big discussion about who is the better quarterback, Alex Smith or Jimmy Garoppolo during their time with the 49ers. And everybody's talking about these. And then it gets to the postseason, and they're like, well, the postseason is the only thing that matters. And everybody remembers the Saints game from Alex Smith. So it's like, oh, he's better than Jimmy Garoppolo. Well, we only saw two games in the postseason from Alex Smith. It mm -hmm. was the Saints game, and then it was the Giants game where he was 1-4-11 on third downs, and they were missing guys. You know, they had like Brett Swain out there and whatnot. Uh, well, Jimmy Garoppolo, we've had a much larger sample size. We've seen him six times in the postseason. And more times than not, in those six appearances, it's not great. So can we just get a normal Jimmy Garoppolo uh, efficiency, playing clean football in the postseason. And if you get that, I think a lot of the complaints about Jimmy Garoppolo will go away. Yeah, and if you're if he doesn't throw a, a, a touchdown, but you're also guaranteeing me that he doesn't throw an interception, I'm probably okay with that, with the way that Kyle Shanahan runs his offense and, uh, and, and the, the running game, and you can find ways to score. So um, anyway, Jimmy G's playing really good. The 49ers can still be a lot better, though, on offense. So let's talk a little bit about that offensive usage. I want to talk about uh, how good Nick Bosa and Charles and who were uh, upon second reflection Sunday night against the Los Angeles Chargers. But now a word from our sponsors, Prize Picks. Prize Picks is daily fantasy made easy. How easy is it? Well, you can make entries in less than 60 seconds and you don't have to pick a full team. You're just picking two to five players. If they score more or less than their prize picks projection, you can win up to 10 times your money on any entry. So for example, if you said I'm going over 210 yards for Jimmy Garoppolo, Sunday night football, bam, you would have had that uh, in the bag with more than 210 passing yards. You might've had some uh, you might have had some more thans on Christian McCaffrey that you might not have won in that game. More on, on some of the usage for 49ers uh, players with so many playmakers right now on the offensive side of the ball. You're not competing against other people. It's just you versus the prize picks projections that are available for NFL football. But it's not just NFL projections that you can find at prize picks. This is daily fantasy. You can play any day in any sport. NBA, NHL, PGA. We're talking college sports, motor sports, combat sports, MMA, boxing, disc golf. Euro basketball, even cricket, you name it, you can find projections at price picks. Entries can be made quick and easy, and 
withdrawals are safe and fast. So download the PrizePix app or go to prizepix.com to sign up and play daily fantasy sports. First-time users can receive a 100% instant deposit match up to $100 with promo code locked on. If you deposit $100, PrizePix will give you $100. If you deposit $50, PrizePix will give you $50 more to play with. Don't forget to enter promo code locked on at sign up for an instant deposit match up to $100. If you thought about securing your home with a better security system or you don't have one at all and you've been putting it off, you'll want to listen up here because right now, Locked On 49ers listeners can get the number one rated Simply Safe home security system for 50% off. This is their biggest offer of the year and you don't want to miss it. And the reasons why we love Simply Safe the number one thing is the crystal clear HD live stream of your security cameras. And you can put those security cameras in any place that you want. And again, it's crystal clear live HD stream. So when you're not at home, you can find out exactly what's going on at home. When you're inside, you can see what's going on outside. And when something does happen, you've got that crystal clear image. And it's not some grainy thing that's unusable. You can see what's going on and who might be doing it to you, right? So uh, any wide variety of high-tech sensors, that you can have on any doors or windows in your home, a custom system to fit to your specific needs with Simply Safe. So don't miss your chance to save big on the only security system we recommend. Get 50% off any new Simply Safe system at simplysafe.com slash locked on NFL. Yeah, I said it 50% off any new Simply Safe system. This is their biggest discount of the year, so do not wait. That's simplysafe.com slash locked on NFL. There's no safe like Simply Safe. Thanks again, everybody, for making Locked On 49ers your first listen today. For your second listen, check out Locked On Sports today. The biggest games that matter the most, the biggest stories in sports go beyond the scoreboard and behind the scenes with local experts like Eric Crocker and insights only Locked On can provide. Locked On Sports today available on this app, YouTube, and wherever you get your podcasts. Seen a lot of questions, Croc, about the the usage of the 49ers playmakers. And we were really interested to see how it was going to look. You know, Debo's back in there with Christian McCaffrey. And then after the game, it was like, well, okay, Debo Samuel, Christian McCaffrey, George Kittle, and the 49ers came away with a W. And I didn't feel like any one of the three was a, a major impact player in this game for the 49ers. There was a really big third down catch from... Uh, from George Kittle in that game, but uh, what only two catches, right? For for Kittle, um, one catch, Debo, one catch, two targets, one, one catch, catch, two targets. Yeah. yeah, and Debo felt like an afterthought in the offense. Uh, Christian McCaffrey gave way to actually more carries for Elijah Mitchell, and Elijah Mitchell was the running back in the game, closing the thing out uh, at the end of the game as well, and got more carries than Christian McCaffrey, and was more successful than Christian McCaffrey running the football in that game. And I didn't see as many targets out of the backfield for McCaffrey as, as I would have expected. So really interesting usage. And you can't take too much from one game, but what should we have expected? What should we expect going forward with the usage from the 49ers playmakers? Maybe it just might be like that. Each game, somebody else goes out off. And I think that's actually a good thing where you don't have to depend on one player to be the guy every single week, right? If you look at the I don't know, I'm just going to hypothetically say the Dallas Cowboys. And I'm not saying they have any issues offensively, but maybe they have to uh, rely entirely on C.D. Lamb to have an explosive game every week. And if they don't, then there's just going to be this huge lack of production on the field. Well, the 49ers don't have an issue like that because if it's not, quote-unquote, C.D. Lamb or, let's say, Debo Samuel, 
Well, then maybe it's George Kittle. Oh, and if it's not George Kittle, then maybe it's Brandon Ayuk. And if it's not Brandon Ayuk, then maybe it's Christian McCaffrey. If it's not Christian McCaffrey, well, maybe it's Elijah Mitchell. So they have multiple guys that can get off at any time. And maybe that's their point where one guy doesn't have to shoulder everything. One guy doesn't have to be the guy every single time. Uh, it might hurt your fantasy because they're not going to be force-feeding any one guy. But ultimately they'll still get better results. I'd say my biggest gripe with the entire thing really is more so that you would like to see that end up being more points, right? And 22 points, that's fine. Left four points on the table with the IU drop. That could have easily been 26 points. But maybe with these type of weapons at your disposal, can you score more? And maybe, you know, lengthen those type of leads that you have or maybe not have the lulls that you had at different points during the first half. If And that's if you want to nitpick any part of that game. Yeah, and 22 points is always good when the other team only scores 16, you know. But if right. the other scheme team scored 23, if one of those last drives would end up in a touchdown, we'd probably have a, a very different conversation right now about the 49ers offense and wanting Ooh. a lot more than just efficiency, right? So um, that's a good point because and, yeah, when you look at it, 22 is obviously more than 16, but man, and this is a big hypothetical and we don't want to, you know, create these storylines that aren't there. Mm -hmm. But <laughs> if Herbert, who is talented, who did it last week against the Atlanta Falcons does push the ball down the field and score on that last drive, then the 49ers are in a much different situation and the outlook on the offense, the weapons, isn't that big of a deal. And I think those are the things, when we start thinking those things, not the what-ifs, but just, uh, there's still some growing left to do. I think people get on us about, well, you got you got the win. Just be happy with the win. And it's like, yeah, no, nobody's upset about the win at all. But, you know, for the standard, and I want to keep going back to that, the standard is Super Bowl win. That's what the 49ers want to do. So, what is a Super Bowl winning team? What does a Super Bowl winning offense look like throughout the season? And I would say probably a better version of what we saw last night. Yeah, just finish a couple drives better. Uh, you know, even with even if you're not hitting like passes down the field, you know, breaking one of these. You know, maybe Debo breaks one, maybe Christian McCaffrey breaks one, and, and just a little more explosive. So a little more explosive red zone efficiency on top of what we just saw third down efficiency run the ball pretty well and you're golden like you don't need to be the you know buffalo bills or the the kansas city chiefs when they're really firing and they're slinging the ball all over the place the 49ers don't need to be that and they, they really can't be that but one thing i will say about the usage of the playmakers is clearly when you're watching the game there is an emphasis by opposing defenses to pay attention to what Debo and Christian McCaffrey are doing back there. And I think that opens things up for Elijah Mitchell. It opens things up for Juwan Jennings and opens things up for Brandon Ayuk to be singled up. You can't put extra guys on five players. You don't have 20 guys on defense, right? So I think part of the usage is, well, it's going to be up to Ayuk and Jennings and Elijah Mitchell sometimes to make a play because the, the the other teams are going to try to take away Debo Samuel and Christian McCaffrey in this offense. And you can tell when you're watching the game, man, they make it, those play fakes work a lot better when you're faking it to Debo, when you're faking it to Christian McCaffrey. Um, and so, um, it, which is why I really love the look of both of them in the backfield together. 
which was uh, McCaffrey, the, the play where McCaffrey goes in motion, then it's Debo the other way. Like those kind of plays, I think are going to work really well because I think it messes with the, the minds of the defenders if they're trying to key on those guys. But we're going to see a lot of Juwan Jennings and, and Brandon Ayuk singled up. So I think that's why they were asked to make plays and they did a pretty good job of it uh, aside from, you know, a couple of, you know, a drop and a fumble here or there. I always love the opportunity to talk about our friends at Built Bar. Can we pause for a second and uh, just just think about what these flavors are? And we're talking about bars that are high in protein, low in sugar, and low in calories. Shockingly low in sugar and calories, in fact. Flavors like cookie dough topper, coconut brownie bar, coconut brownie topper. How about white chocolate peppermint granola for the holidays? Yes, Built Bar's making granola bars as well, taking that to the next level. A more filling granola bar, but still insanely tasty. Candy cane brownie, another flavor. Uh, candy cane brownie puff, how about that? So you've got granola, you've got puffs, you've got the standard Built Bars, which are still my favorites. The universe's most delicious cloud is how uh, some people explain the Built Bar puffs. So, the revolutionizing nutrition is what Built Bar is doing. Most of these Built Bars are covered in 100% real chocolate, and we're talking real chocolate too. It doesn't feel like you're getting something fake out there. You're getting 100% real chocolate, 17 grams of protein in most Built Bars, and again, low sugar and low calories, only 130 calories in most Built Bars. And with our promo code, you can get 15% off a box of Built Bars to try for yourself. Whatever flavor you want or even a mixed box, of built bars you got to try them so go to built get 15 percent off your order right now by using promo code locked on 15 at built.com again that is promo code locked on 15 at built.com how about this so we talked about we gave a game ball to a man who did not get it was a it was a true team win and i think we're kind of orchestrating it right now talking about the usage talking about elijah mitchell being a part of it and you know big catches even though it wasn't high volume for george kittle or uh, Juwan Jennings, big third down plays. Brandon Ayuk had some really big catches in that game. It was a, a, a total. It was a total team victory. Fred Warner, we didn't even talk much about. Jimmy Ward, we didn't talk a lot about. Who made some big plays in that game last night? But how about the 49ers defensive line? Uh, Nick Bosa had nine pressures in that game. He did have another sack as well. Charles Men, who maybe the biggest play of the game, hitting uh, Justin Herbert's arm with a minute left to go that ended up in the uh with the with the Talano Hufanga interception Charles Minnie who had six pressures in that game uh compared to the rest of the D-line Jordan Willis had a couple of uh pressures Drake Jackson had one Fred Warner had one Aziz Alshair had one and T.Y. McGill had one but six in comparison for Charles Minnie and nine pressures from Nick Bosa in that game I just want to shout out just because we didn't really talk about Nick Bosa and you could probably give him a game ball any week that you want but um, it was a really good outing by those two players specifically on the 49ers defensive line. And that was part of the reason why the 49ers were able to get off the field so well on third downs when the Chargers had the ball. So third downs on offense and third downs on defense is what won that game for the 49ers. Yeah. And as we got off as night and stopped recording, my mind went straight to, man, we didn't give Nick Bosa a game ball. And it was almost one of those things where I feel like the guys that you can kind of give a game ball to every single game, they kind of become an afterthought a little bit, mm-hmm. right? Um, I think people think of it as kind of a, oh, man, you're showing Jimmy Garoppolo love, but it is kind of like, hey, man, you know, Jimmy Garoppolo continues to get these game balls because 
It's like, hey, I'm excited about how he's playing. Whereas Nick Bosa, you just know how he's going to play. You know he's going to bring it every single game. And I started thinking about the game and how how much attention the Chargers had to give to him, how he's chasing guys down from the backside. We talk about the sack. They had to chip him every time. A running back had to be accountable for him. Okay, where's Nick Bosa? Okay, let me motion to the other side and then line up next to him and then chip him before I go out for a route. So teams have the game plan around Nick Bosa, their entire offense. He's special. He's amazing. And I do think he's one of those guys. Like last year, it was Debo Samuel. Every week, we could give Debo Samuel a game ball. It was just like, it got to the point where it's like, all right, let's think of other guys and different reasons. That's why I want to give other guys game balls that's not named Debo Samuel. I think it's the same thing for Nick Bosa. Nick Bosa has, has an infinity game ball, probably as long as he's a 49er. He's just, there's so much special things. I brought up a stat on last night's Rapid React show about the um, about Charles Amenahu and his per, you know, his, his uh, I think the stat is from Brandon Thorne, and the stat is um, high quality sacks per snap, and and Charles Amenahu was shockingly, you know, kind of surprisingly in the top ten of interior defensive linemen. But how about this stat, as brought to my attention by uh, our buddy, friend of the program, Akash Anavarathan from Niners Nation. Uh, this is pass rush win rates this season per pro football focus. Miles Garrett is number one. He's uh, creating a pressure. He's winning his pass rush set against the offensive lineman at a 26.3% clip. Number two in the entire NFL behind Miles Garrett is Nick Bosa at 25.4%. Then it's Zadarius Smith. And then fourth in the NFL, Croc, at pass rush win rate is Charles Amenahu at 22%. Wow. So that's where where's Michael Parsons. Uh, I think he's next. I think Michael Parsons might be. I think it's Parsons. uh, Looking at this Parsons, Von Miller and Max Crosby are behind those guys. Okay. Yeah. And Parsons doesn't get as many rushes as the other guys. Not as much opportunity, but that just kind of shows at the rate he's winning. So I just want to know that for all my Cowboy fans that are out there. Yeah. Uh, (laughs) And Michael Parsons, we were talking about this on Peacock and Williamson earlier today. Michael Parsons should not be playing off ball linebacker as much as he is. This guy's so dynamic as a pass rusher. He should be getting after the quarterback on every down possible. It, it almost You're feels like if he was a full-time edge rusher, he'd yeah. get 25 sacks in the season. Yeah, and he might still be defensive player of the year this year. Like, Mike, Michael Parsons uh, freakish, and he's kind of I think he's kind of banged up right now as well. But, yeah, on a per-snap rate, I mean, this just illustrates how good Charles Aminahu is playing right now. Yeah, I mean, who playing extremely well. He's a big guy. I saw a video of him coming out of the tunnel, and he's next to, like, Debo Samuel. I'm like, gosh, that guy is massive. And you can't always tell, you know, when they're on the field and he's next to guys that are like him. But when you see him next to Debo Samuel, who's closer to six foot than whatever Amenahu is, if I had to guess right now, I'd say, what is he, six foot six? I mean, the the guy's huge. Uh, He might be taller than him. He might be six, seven. He's really tall. He's he's similar. He's he's very similar to Eric Armstead, in fact. And as far as his usage, like because he's kind of a big end, but we're seeing a lot of his really good pass rush reps come from inside and exactly how it was with Eric Armstead. Right. He was kind of like a full time end, but a bigger end, really good against the run. But then you move him inside on third downs and he's he's long and limber and athletic and can win some of these reps against interior offensive linemen who are used to seeing a, a very different body type coming at you. So you get those two twin towers on third downs on the interior. If Eric Armstead can ever come back, then you'd be cooking. Um, they just need a little he's short. Six five two eighty. Six five. This has six five two eighty, which I mean that, that's that is massive. Yeah, <laughs> right? they got a lot of big guys down there, and for him to be as fluid as he is, he's not just this big 
stiff guy or a slow moving guy. Like he he put a pass rush move on someone last night. I wish I could remember the exact play, but it was beautiful. Two hand swipe. Was like, that was my favorite. Oh one. yeah, it was the two hand swipe against the rookie first round guard. Um, uh, Zion Johnson. Z- Zion Johnson. Yeah. yeah, and that was what's so tough for Herbert in this game because Herbert's so good at stepping up in the pocket. So he would drop back, step up in the pocket, and then Amenahu would still get his arm. Or uh, uh, Nick Bosa's safe or Nick Bosa's sack was like a second effort sack where he kind of beat him around the corner, or he didn't win around the corner, but he came back underneath and got Herbert after he had stepped up in the pocket. And so that was so huge on those third down plays, on those passing plays, to not let Herbert have time because with his arm, he can find people if they have time to get open in some crazy places on the field. And that puts so much pressure on the defensive secondary. And he made some of those throws in the first drive and he stopped being able to make those, I think, because of so many pressures. And also, uh, as it pertains to Justin Herbert, and shout out to Troy Hyde, one of the listeners of the show, he actually hit Peacock and I on Twitter and, and mentioned this, and this was something that I kind of forgot about a little bit, but Herbert was coming off of like a nasty injury. And it happened, I don't know if you remember, I was watching him live, it was a primetime game, and he could barely finish the game. And people were like, wow, how is he even in this game? It looked like he broke ribs, broken splint, or busted splint, whatever it was, it looked very serious. And I think right now he's finally kind of recovering from that. So he's a guy who hasn't been 100%. Uh, I mean, shoot, it's early on. He looked like he was 100% though, right? He did. I mean, I I wish, like, how fun is that to have that if it's not even 100%? You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, that'd be that'd be nice to have. I'm looking at Charles who's combine right now because I was curious. He had a pretty amazing combine. So see, he's six five and a half, two hundred eighty pounds at the combine. I think it was more like two ninety when the 49ers traded for him. I'm so not six five and a half, real quick, Pickock. Six yeah. five and a half in in the real world is closer to like almost six foot seven, right? Like because NFL, the way they measure you, it's like you know, no shoes on. You got to get against yeah. the wall. You got to put your toes up, and they kind of like smush you down, and then they get your height. So if you get six five and a half. In the NFL, you're you're really a big dude like to normal people. Because me, anybody that's next to me, one thing that a lot of people say, even our guy Evan Sowers, shout out to our guy Evan Sowers, he was like, "Oh, Croc is hella tall in person." Because in person, I'm just taller than him, right? But yeah. I bet Evan Sowers has told everybody his whole life, "Hey, I'm six foot one," and I tell everybody my whole life, "I'm six one," and I'm actually a little bit taller than him. Well, NFL says, "Eric, you are six foot even." And nobody and the, that has seen me in person would say that I'm six foot even, right? I mean, you've seen me in person. There's nobody would say I'm six foot even. I would definitely say you're, you're closer to six two than six even. Right. Yeah. So when they say Amenahu is a six foot five and a half, just know that looks a lot taller in person. Yeah, that's six eight in the NBA because they measure you with shoes on in the NBA too, and they, they, they like they like their guys to be listed tall in the NBA. In the NFL, they they underlist. I think a lot of times with height. Um, how about this though? At at six five and a half, two eighty, he had a thirty six and a half inch vertical jump. Wow, yeah, that's that crazy, is kind of right? Yeah. Isn't that surprising? And four nine two in the forty. So uh, anybody two eighty plus at that height is going under sub five in the forty is pretty remarkable. So and he went high though. So I mean, this isn't a guy yeah, for for those reasons why uh, a guy a minahu that you know I don't remember him coming out, but the fact that he was somebody that went high. I want to say what was he a second round pick? I don't think it was that high. I think it might have been I think like. It was. Let's see. Let's see. I think it was middle rounds. 
specifically. Out of Texas. I, I would have remembered if he okay, was. Okay, never mind. You're right. You're right. You're right. Uh, uh, round five. Fifth round. Okay, fifth round. Houston. Yeah. 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 Okay. But a really good player. And yeah, 6'5", 280, 36 and a half inch vertical. And he's young. Was he on the basketball team too? Because that's kind of freaky, right? Yeah. Uh, 20, 25 years old. So he's still young. Yeah. It feels like he's been with the 49ers a couple years now. Did, when, did 49ers get him in the middle of last year or was it the year uh, before? Yeah. Yeah. He was deadline last year. So he's only been on the team okay. for about a year, I think. Right? Or was it right before the season started? So he might be a guy that... You know, do you say, all right, let's give this guy a, a three-year extension? Yeah, if you can get a good number on it, because if he keeps p- playing like this and he starts getting starters reps, because you want to be able to pay him as like a fifth defensive lineman, right? He's like a big end, but can come in and rush, but he's not one of your starting four. So if you can pay him that, he's well worth it. Absolutely bring him along for a long-term deal if you can. But another team might go out there and watch him and be like, yeah, we want to give him starters money. And it's like, a, it starts to get tough because you're paying a lot of dudes. All right, anyway, good stuff. Thanks, everybody, for making Locked On 49ers your first listen. For your second listen, check out Locked On Sports Today. Check out Eric Crocker doing Locked On NFL Draft every day here on the network. Me and Matt Williamson, the Peacock and Williamson NFL show, talking about the entire league every single day. Locked On Podcast Network style. Croc and I back tomorrow, Winky Wednesday. Locked On 49ers.